Mike and Viana got to play some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for the preseason of Survivor 39, Island of the Idols. My name is Mike Bloom. Pumped beyond belief to be talking about Survivor 39, especially with this person. She has been spent the entire summer at the B&B trying to carve statues of us out of butter. Liana Boris, how successful have you been in that task? Mm, I mean, it's been hot this summer, so a lot of it melted. But if you're looking for something to dip lobster in or shrimp, potentially, that might be a better fit. If you're from the East Coast, like three quarters of this cast, they're just you're speaking their language right now. Oh, my God. Seriously, I was thinking as if I never want to get cast on Survivor. I am going one state over to Rhode Island because there's something in the water there that causes casting directors to just go wild. As of late, at um, least, because I feel like it's been a rather yeah. it's been a big streak like they had Richard Hatch and they had Elizabeth Hasselback back to Hasselback, I guess. And then back to a long time. And now we have three. And granted, you know, Jamal isn't initially from Rhode Island. He's just currently stationed there. But the other two are Rhode Islanders born and bred, which is pretty crazy considering that the smallest state of the union now has representation of like, you know, three twentieths of a survivor cast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you talk about percentages, like really overrepresenting. Um, but yeah, like you go Rhode Island. Good for you. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm excited. I. We had a busy summer doing Big Brother and International Survivor, you know, was there to fill the void. But when I started going through this cast, oh, my gosh, I just got really excited about what is to come. And all my notes are having such a great time because I'm sure, Mike, you've been through this. But they all say, you know, preseason podcast, lol predictions lol so they're laughing i'm laughing and i'm here to talk about everything that's going to go down this season i can't wait yeah uh, suffice it to say you know josh wiggler and i have been texting back and forth nonstop about the really great experience that i was able to him, him and i were able to partake in in making a preseason trip out to island of the idols which i'm sure we'll expound upon here our premiere podcast and probably throughout because i am incredibly grateful that i got such a great experience but i think the minute we started texting wait, wait, Mike. Mm -mm, grateful can't use that word oh right <laughs> i'm sorry that now the summer has officially canceled some language so we can't use manifest we can't use canceled uh we can't use the phrase uh <laughs> bird in a bush or whatever it is playing chestnut checkers <laughs> that's right oh no 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 big brother is behind us let's just move on <laughs> yeah no almost we're, we're almost there but i you know the first time we were sort of talking back and forth about it we used the term ioi as we sort of mentioned on our preview podcast but because I feel like the modern text sort of uh, the text font doesn't use the serifs on the eyes. To your point, it comes off as LOL. And so I feel like that was what we literally did when we, you know, heard about this concept as ridiculous as it is. But, but before we get into it, uh, yeah, it's been I don't know. I talked about this on the preview podcast. It's been a weird and long off season for me due to several factors. I mean, one of them is my son was born the week before Edge of Extinction concluded, and now I'm looking at, like, nearly a five-month-old kid. 
So I've watched him grow up. As you mentioned, I've done about 15 billion international survivor podcasts and covered Big Brother as well. Josh Wiggler and I decided to start this insane venture of doing a weekly loss podcast as well. So I got to turn 30 over the summer. There was a lot going on, but it's also a weird type of preseason because, you know, while you guys were waiting for four months until this cast got released, technically we've been waiting for about six months to talk to people about it. And that's the first time I've had that experience. And it is a weird thing. I'm not used to knowing anything. And then I knew something about this season. Other people did it. And it was was an odd thing to be a secret keeper, Liana. Is it one of those things where you just you have to tell somebody so you go outside and you tell a rock or a volleyball, like make your own version of Wilson just because you have to speak about it with something, but you can't tell anybody? Is it one of those situations? I mean, how did you manage? I mean, I would probably do that, but I feel like Survivor has uh, invested a paranoia in me that people are hiding in any sort of piece of foliage, even, you know, where you live. So I was really tough to, you know, uh, raise my voice, especially again, not to mention Big Brother too much, but that was sort of a lesson of the summer. Luckily, I had Josh, who has been such just a fantastic resource and friend and crutch as I was working through my first ever preseason beat. And we were able to, you know, trade a lot of stuff back and forth, just basically our volcanically brewing excitement about you guys getting to know this cast because we had a great time out there talking with them, and I was interested to see how people would react to them in general. I mean, Liana, I'd love to get your thoughts in general specifically, but it seems like pretty thumbs up on the IOI cast, I want to say. Yeah, um, lots of lolling for sure. Uh, no, I, I, you know, what I really appreciated about this cast, I think in general, was how diverse it is. And I know a lot of people have have talked about that. Uh, but it's been so cool to hear so many different people with really unique and distinct stories. Because I feel like, you know, I can look through this cast and everybody I, I feel like has something that is interesting about them. You know, even people that maybe, uh, you know, haven't had as much of a positive response. Uh, <laughs> Dean, <laughs> for example, like he's still a really unique character. And I think that that's what's really cool when you're putting together a season. You know, I, I know you might watch a lot for the, the people and the stories. And I just based on what I've seen from this cast so far, I feel like we're going to see a lot of really great stories. And who knows what the gameplay is going to look like. But at least in terms of the people that we're going to see playing. I know that there are going to be stories there. There are going to be new things for us to uncover. And watching these really distinct and unique people interact is just going to be so, so much fun. Um, so, I, uh, you know, if you're going to talk about a cast that you have to sit and wait and not talk about, I mean, this is a tough one to sit on. So I empathize with all of the all of the silence that you had to sit through. At least you had Josh, you know, to, to get you through it all. It's a really interesting group of personalities. There's there's a huge range. And I would say that, you know, at least going out there for the first time, I really get that experience of what a survivor, you know, player is in terms of, you know, I, I didn't feel like anyone was an introvert or shy to talk with me. There might have been a, a bit, a couple of, you know, more quiet spoken people, which we can certainly get into. But everyone had that alpha personality and especially the fight to win in that moment, which I don't know if it's particularly unique to this cast, but I don't know. It, it feels really interesting, especially on the heels of something like Survivor Ghost Island, where I think due to the storytelling, we didn't necessarily know how many people were really in it to win it. Mm-hmm. This cast across the board seems really into it. I would say, you know, even the most quote unquote casuals of casuals, which I think some people have sort of underlined Tom and Elizabeth 
as, you know, maybe the most casual of the group, which makes sense given their very prolific careers. I don't know how much time they have to watch on a Wednesday or Thursday night Survivor every week. But still, you know, Tom's mentioning Bob Crowley in the interviews that he's doing. I feel like people are pulling on, you know, so many years of watching this. And I, I wonder how much that's going to manifest in the game. It, it might not manifest in good gameplay. And I apologize that I keep using one of the cursed words. Uh, but I, I think that it's going to at least end up with interesting gameplay. I think everyone is in there with the feeling of, I have one chance to do this, so I'm going to make the most of it. And I think it's going to make for very interesting results one way or the other. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that this cast just has so much passion. And I'm not somebody who, you know, needs or wants to see a lot of super fans necessarily play the game. I want to see people who are there to play the game, you know, that want to make moves and that are going to create really good TV. I think I appreciate good gameplay when I see it, but I also want to be entertained. I mean, this is a TV show. And so, you know, to hear people that really are going to be type A and want to see uh, seem aggressive and go after what they want. I think that that, like you said, is going to create a lot of um, of really crazy gameplay. Good, I'm not sure, but uh, but I think it'll be it'll be cool. I mean, just seeing some of these characters. I mean, I'm really excited for like Ronnie, for example. Mm. Um, I think that he is going to be really entertaining. I don't know how well he's going to do, but I'm excited to be entertained by him. Um, and I feel that way about really the majority of the cast. So in terms of you know, do I think this is going to be an exciting season? Absolutely. Is it because there's going to be crazy good gameplay? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but just when you put so many um, distinct, different and passionate people together on one beach, I mean, there are going to be fireworks. And, you know, on the note of diversity, it, it's diversity, which is awesome. I feel like it's a little different from, you know, the Cook Islands Fiji diversity, which was, hey, you tick a box. So we're going mm. to put you on the show for that very specific reason. The thing that I love about it, though, you know, it's a diversity from an age perspective, from an ethnic perspective, from a story mm -hmm. perspective, uh, maybe not really from a geographic perspective, maybe overall in the franchise, <laughs> but not necessarily this season. But the cool thing I ever like about it, and I, I spoke about this in my conversation with Vince, which I should mention at this point, uh, if you haven't been following, I have been putting out at least one interview with a cast member every day from the cast release and it's going through to the day before the premiere so be sure to check that out at parade.com slash tag slash survivor just a shameless plug to start things off uh, but vince is going to end up being one of the last interviews i put out there but i mean one of the things he says is that growing up for him survivor was this sort of escape from a lifestyle that he was not necessarily happy about suffice it to say and he hopes to sort of be that inspiration to other people watching this idea that People who feel like they're in marginalized communities or just marginalized roles within their communities and they feel like they want an escape, but they can't find it. There are people who can do that and they do do that. You have to put, as, as Vince will say so eloquently, your ass has to put in the work, but you are able to make that happen. And it's just a cool idea. You know, I, I'm excited, for instance, to see how many Indian American contestants are going to apply for Survivor after seeing Karishma on it. You know, or, or how many other people are going to see, you know, watching people of different body types and ages apply as well. Because, you know, I feel like Survivor in the past and when I'm looking at like the 20s when it's like, oh, we cast two hot blonde women on the same tribe and people can't tell them apart a la Hope and Alley and Survivor Karamoan. 
I feel like we are way past those days, and that makes mm-hmm. me very happy, especially since this is the first season in the wake of Lynn Spillman leaving. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if uh, this is representative of what's to come in the future seasons of Survivor, uh, but from what I've observed in N of One, you know, I I like this cast, and I actually wanted to talk about Vince because I think he sort of represents something that I see in a number of people um, on this season. I feel like this is a cast of onions. They have mm. layers, okay? <laughs> Truck Are they ogres? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's what I learned. My education is solely from Shrek movies. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like they are more complicated people, you know, so I remember listening to um, to Josh Wiggler's Vince interview, and that was the, the first experience that I had with Vince. And I felt, you know, at first I was like, oh, like this is, you know, kind of like nerdy guy. And then he seemed super chill. Uh, as I got to know him more and more, I felt like there was more and more to him. And I felt like that when I was listening to a number of different people's interviews, um, you know, that it, they weren't just one note. Like you said, they didn't just check one box. They had a more complex story to them. Now, whether or not we're going to get that three dimensionality on the actual season itself, that remains to be seen. But at least in terms of the people that they have, they're putting in good people that I think will give them a more complex story, a more interesting dynamic. Um, so whether or not that actually ends up uh, ends up coming across on the edited show, I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, I, I thought that this cast, you know, cast of onions here for it. <laughs> and hopefully they don't smell like onions by the end. Well. I don't know. So hopefully they get some shampoo in there. What I think is also interesting as well is that a lot of these people come to Survivor in the crossroads of their lives. I mentioned this mm. in the preview show, but I got this really interesting quote from Jeff about the casting philosophy, which is Jeff essentially saying that we basically cast now by looking at people and saying, why do you need Survivor at mm. this moment? And that's really a sense that I got from a lot of people, especially a lot of this cast has either just transitioned careers or is in the midst of a career change. Like you have, mm. you know, Kelly and Molly, just went to business school and uh, law school, respectively, changing their careers. Dean went from teaching into uh, into sales. I believe Lauren just graduated from mm-hmm. journalism school after being being a nanny for a super long time. You have some people like Tom and Elizabeth, who are former athletes that have now sort of segued into motivational speak. Even someone like Elaine going from a job at a factory to now driving a pickup truck at said factory. It's like a market shift in your mm-hmm. life. And it's really cool to see how that's going to incorporate into the Survivor gameplay as well. I know there's been a lot of talk as well from people, especially like Karishma, about like, what is Survivor going to do for me in terms of an experience? Mm. And if they approach the game like that, I wonder how that's going to affect their gameplay. Yeah, that's interesting because I I think I think her was her interview the one where she talked about uh I've already won who is it who talked uh, whatever anyway it's not important so uh, this it's been a lot of content I don't know Mike yeah. how you did all of this but between reading all of your interviews and then the Josh stuff it's a lot of information okay uh, <laughs> some people I remember less about okay but that's why you're here to help me <laughs> with all of this okay um anyway the point I was trying to make i don't remember so i'm just going to continue talking as one does when they're on a podcast um liana don't give away our secrets to podcasting (laughs) right oh no oh no all right edit it out that's another let let me move on to the actual like titular island of the idols (laughs) twist because never mind i remember people that are in transitions in their lives yes okay so i think when you're coming into the game and you you know you have this specific goal of like i want to win versus i have this 
specific goal of I want to win. Of course, I think a lot of people are there to to still be able to play the game hard. But then also something on the side, which is I really want to learn about myself. I want to learn about how I'm interacting with people. Like, what does this tell me? I don't know how much you can actually do that when you're in the game. I feel like you go through the experience and then you kind of do the follow up. You know, you do the postmortem to recognize what you is you learn about yourself. So I don't know how much of an impact it's actually going to have on the the on the game. Um, but definitely the mindset that people come in uh, with obviously influences their gameplay. And so we could see something different. I just don't know necessarily how that would, uh, I was going to say manifest, but what we would see in gameplay. I think that, it, I don't know, maybe it's also in my head because Edge of Extinction was so focused around that to the point when we mm-hmm. had our mass exodus of all those people who went to jury in the finale. Jeff basically went down the line and was like, how did this season change you as a person? That maybe that's sort of right. on my brain. But yeah, we'll we'll see exactly uh, the stories we get told from all of them. But I, I do want to get your thoughts on this Island of the Idols twist before we get into some more chatter. Because suffice it to say, I mean, this was something that really raised eyebrows when it was introduced very vaguely at the Edge of Extinction finale. Uh, we've been able to get a little bit more information on it. I put out an article that really had Jeff and Matt Van Wagen go in depth as to where this idea came from, what it involves. So I guess, Leon, and the more you heard about this and getting a scope of at least what this looks like at the outset, how do you feel about the Island of the Idols? Uh, I'm here for the chicken reward. <laughs> Just give everybody chickens. I'm, um, I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, and <laughs> luckily, Big Wendy is not a statue there as well, or she would have encouraged them. She would have been like, I was supposed to give you chickens, but that's your test. Go find the chickens. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what, this is what I'm here for. Um, yeah. I, I, I Okay. So I know I've heard information about it because so maybe Mike, you can essentially explain it to me. So Rob and Sandra are going to be living out on this island and then we're going to have the contestants essentially go and then compete right in order to win different types of rewards and stuff like they can learn a thing and then take like be in a competition maybe you can just reset it um yeah exactly so, what we're looking at yeah so and i will also underline that the key to this twist this season is variance production mm-hmm. has purposely wanted to make sure that every time someone goes to island of the idols it's going to be different in some way shape or form whether it's the mechanism that can be used, you know, for instance, this first episode, the person from the losing tribe is going to be sent. Maybe one time a boat will come in the middle of the night and say, okay, one person's going to Island of the Idols. Uh, then they're going to go there. Rob and Sandra are going to come out and they're going to say, hey, we're going to teach you something. It can be something tangible, like making a fire, or catching a fish. It could be something intangible, like planting a seed to throw someone under the bus. Uh, but at the end of each lesson is going to be some sort of test. Now, again, this test could be a literal one-on-one competition. For instance, the first one's going to be fire making against Boston Rob, or it could be something that more so takes life outside of Island of the Idols. So the example that Jeff gave me is, okay, person, uh, this is how you do a slide puzzle. Now, this is going to be the final section of the next challenge. It's your test to put yourself in that hero role, convince your tribe about it, and if you solve the puzzle, you get an advantage. Uh, so basically, it's one makes me hopeful that hopefully this will not be a big time suck mm-hmm. every single week is that there is a lot of stuff that's involved off island i'll be intrigued to see you know what the lying challenge is going to be i don't think it'll be something as simple as like two truths and a lie but basically some test will be involved sometimes it's against rob and sandra sometimes it's against the other players and you'll either gain some sort of advantage or you'll lose something dear to you the first one i know is going to be lose your vote i don't know if that's going to be the penalty every time but that's an example of what a a, you know a a prize and a penalty would be 
Hmm. I think it's interesting. I, I think the uh, the variance is really what's kind of cool about this. Um, you know, I'm sure. Look, you can complain about everything. I'm sure I'll complain about Island of the Idols. At <laughs> I feel like this is the subtitle of the internet. You can complain about everything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really. I think that's actually the point of the internet um, yeah. is just to provide a platform for people to complain. Yeah, Al Gore was real. That was really his slogan when he came <laughs> up with it all these years ago. Yeah, exactly. When Al Gore invented the internet, that was his plan. Um, but I, you know what? We're at season 39 and I'm here to try something new, to try something creative. And I feel like this is the most creative because you're going to have such variance at every single interaction that's going to happen on the Island of the Idols. I, I, it could be a disaster, but it also could be really cool. And I'm kind of here for just finding out, you know, how exactly this is going to work, how exactly the players are going to deal with this, especially because we have people who are really familiar with the show. They're used to the repetitive nature. And I feel like that was sort of the point of doing it, doing something that was so dynamic was that it prevents the players from really uh, being able to predict exactly what was going to happen next. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you're going to go to Ghost Island. You're going to get something. You know what I mean? Like you would get this repetition that happens. Whereas on the island, Sure, you are going to have things that are similar uh, because Sandra and Boston Rob are just going to be chilling there the whole time with their big ass heads. But you're going to have some different things that are happening also. And so I think that there's enough variance that could make it really interesting. So I'm just excited for the mystery. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen each week. So I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. What I'm very intrigued about, and Matt Van Wagner described this basically of, of trying to humanize Ghost Island, and you really get a, a sense of that. And what I'm excited about or optimistic about is the fact that it took some of my least favorite elements of Ghost Island and changed it. Like, hey, in Ghost Island, they were able to game the system where they realized that, you know, they were never going to unilaterally send a person, so they just drew rocks mm-hmm. every time. Uh, they went to Ghost Island, and there wasn't really a thing to do. You know, they could risk something, but it was pretty much a shell game. Uh, and there were too many advantages that came as a result. You know, here it seems like, uh, you know, the, the method's always going to change. The game's always going to change. And the advantages are always going to change. And that makes it seem a little less boring, at least at the outset. Again, I'm not entirely sure. I'm a little wary as to how much airtime Rob and Sandra are going to get, considering what we're seeing of them in the previews. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that, you know, production from... The sense I got by the time I left Fiji knew they had a dynamite cast on their hands. So my hope is it becomes a bit more edited like David versus Goliath. We get a 90 minute premiere, which is a good sign, but I'm hopeful they realize that they have such a good cast that even though you do have two big faces of the franchise, both, you know, physically and mentally there, that you don't necessarily need to have them hold the weight up of the season. Yeah. And I mean, I think the fact that they're not playing in the game gives me hope because okay sure you could have them as sort of these omnipotent uh commentators on what's happening but as far as i know they're i mean they're never going to go to the beaches right of the camps so it's not like they're going to see the dynamics of what's going on um unless this is some sort of like secret thing that you and josh know about that we're not allowed to know um is it did i crack the code what I really like about this concept as well is that you have the ability to ne- negotiate. It's a really cool idea because, I mean, these are also not only two big legends of the game, but they're also two big shit stirrers. Right. And so it's really interesting that, you know, they're going to be able to now have this ability to be like, okay, uh, you know, to make you take this deal, you get a 30 second head start on me. 
whatever mm-hmm. competition that we're doing. You know, they they are they know so much about how to make deals that, you know, Jeff tells me that they sort of have a pseudo producer role this mm-hmm. season, which is very unprecedented for fellow contestants where they can really gauge what this person's doing because they told me when I got to talk with them, which is a surreal experience in itself, uh, that, you know, they ultimately want them to succeed, but it's not like they're not going to be able to bust their balls along the way to get them to take a deal that they shouldn't have. Right. And I almost kind of feel like they're this fun dynamic that the players, the other players in the game have to interact with. And so it's almost like you get to learn more about the players based on the way that they interact with Rob and Sandra. And so maybe if they use this as a way to learn more about the um, the cast, then that could be kind of a cool take on it, uh, because then, you know, you're still learning about the people who are playing the game. Yeah, that's a good point, because I think one of the things about Ghost Island was in the pre-merge, it was fun to have, you know, Chris Noble go there and, you know, cry about his mom's situation, to have Kellen go there and, you know, cry over her state in life. A lot of, basically everyone goes to Ghost Island and cries, but you do miss that element of interacting with someone, and I think that's another idea of humanizing Ghost Island, is now you can sort of still have that experience, that come-to-Jesus moment, but now you get to do it with other people to converse with. Right, exactly. And so, it's not just uh, the contestant talking to the camera, you know, you get to see more of the dynamic there with another person, which could be kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously there's the concern that will be a huge time suck, but I think because it's something that's so unique and it's so different, you know, I think it could be pretty intriguing. Yeah, it's intriguing at least to start. I- I'm always in the camp in terms of twists of like, let's wait and see until it's executed, until someone who was voted out third ends up winning a survivor season. And then we can cry foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember, internet, complain after. <laughs> that was that was also a fun moment as well. I know uh, I, we've been asked this a couple times, but the Island of the Idols contestants had seen through the first four episodes of Edge of Extinction. So they went, they watched through the swap when Rick got voted out. So if there's, and this has been reflected in a, a lot of Josh's interviews, there's just been a lot of lovely ironic statements about like oh poor chris underwood just got voted out or so many mentions of like reem and keith it was so fresh on the memory when it's always fun considering that you know chris is probably fresh on the minds of us for a very different reason than it was on theirs yeah no that was probably one of the best parts of uh you know being able to be in the future and then hear the way that these contestants were talking about the season that was going on i mean uh especially all the ron clark stuff too that was mentioned i think tommy was the one who's he's like the super ron clark guy he he has his book on the desk Um, i think my favorite was chelsea said like I got all of these moves up my sleeve. You know what? If your girl wins final immunity challenge, she might put herself in the fire making challenge yeah. just to like make a statement for herself. But she might have, I'm going to don't bleep this out. She might have manifested it by, you know, I guess even though that did happen, you know, veritably before she ended up going out there, but it's crazy that she suggested that in the think tank. And then two months later, that ends up happening on our screens. Yeah, were you uh did you remember any of those comments then when you were actually watching the season and be like, "Oh, you know, this person from LOL said this." Did you remember <laughs> no, any of that? No, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, you know, that was also it was also a big day. I did all yeah. 20 of my interviews in one day, which was oh absolutely gosh. bananas. So, I'll admit, luckily I had the ability to remember it via the magic of audio recording. Uh so it wasn't one of those things that looking back I didn't remember instinctually but yeah there was a lot of talk especially among some of the older contestants and you know uh lauren as well i asked you know is she going to nanny uh, around the camp is that instinctual to her and she's like no i'm not going to be a ream 
I'm not going to leave mm-hmm. people's clothes out. So, I mean, I feel like that stuff is fresh on the memory, especially when they're they're all talking about like swimming as well. They were talking about Big Wendy a bit. So it's always fun to see, considering just all the craziness that ensued after those four episodes. I could only imagine if they had gone out like a month later, what they would have been talking about. Yeah, it's always important to keep in mind the fact that they did not see the end of that season. Um, And so trying to uh, like, oh, okay, they didn't see that, you know, because sometimes you see mistakes that were made that you're like, come on, like, didn't they just learn that from uh, from the previous seasons? Like, oh, well, they didn't see it because they were literally out filming at the time. (laughs) Like, Give them a little bit of a break. Yeah, I think if someone gets bluffed with an advantage menu, they, you can't really be like, oh, come on, right. Tommy, your idol, Ron Clark did it. Uh, they Unless they got it like mentally transferred to them. Or maybe if Under the Idols has a good you know internet connection and Boston Rob and Sandra were able to show them screeners, uh, maybe they would have been able to know. But otherwise, they have no intel into that. Yeah, be like, these are my friends. And then we'll get, you know, show them the clips of that. So then that way Tommy knows yeah. everything that Ron really Clark the Ron Cl- it's, it's only the Ron Clark yeah. highlight reel is the only thing that's available. <laughs> uh, that's all. Yeah, well, you know, Ron Clark was, uh, played a big part in the B&B uh, last year. So coming up with the rules. So I was just so excited to see people talk about Ron Clark. <laughs> well, speaking of some of our B&B tried and true traditions, uh, we got a little bit to talk about because suffice it to say, me going out there preseason was an awesome experience, but it makes us kind of have to rejigger some things with our usual B&B preseason process. One of them is uh, before the season, Leon and I like to write down our preseason predictions of how we think people are going to do just based on the interviews, the bios, the short videos, etc. And I think we're still going to do that in some form. couple of little caveats that might serve as obstacles here. One, I know who goes home first, so I'm just going to discount that person from my predictions whatsoever, uh, and I'll be able to write them about the rest. And the other thing is, as Josh and I announced on the preview show, uh, this season with my winner pick, I threw caution to the wind. I left things up to the survivor gods, the idol gods, as they were. And, uh, you know, since Josh and I were able to go idol shopping and pick the first two idols to be placed in the game, we decided that each of our winner picks would be the first person to find those idols on their respective tribes. So the first person on Vokai to find my beautiful, beautiful idol nestled in the jungle is going to be my winner pick by default. And I will ride that ox till the yoke breaks. Okay, good for you. Um, Also, I just want to go ahead and say that if Mike wins, it's totally bogus. It definitely doesn't count because he got to meet these people and literally speak with them (laughs) as I do not have the same advantage. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there that if Mike wins, everything is bogus and it's not fair. (laughs) What if what if I lose, though? Oh, well, then, I mean, obviously, I'm just so much better at predictions. (laughs) It makes you even more skilled that you were able to overcome i was like hey i'll give you the advantage i you know i won't even make my winner pick and see if you can still beat me (laughs) that's right you know what take your handicap i don't need it um but yeah either way i think i already win this season but i think it's gonna be fun to to see what we're able to predict and see if actually meeting these people gives mike some sort of an advantage um i think that'll be actually really interesting yeah, it probably won't, right. knowing me. But look, I have a long way to climb up from from the bastardized fan fiction I've been writing about these people. Maybe to your point, actually getting to talk with them for like twenty five minutes will be able to me get me a give me a better sense of what they're going to do in the game. Though 
I guess I'll soon find out if what you say preseason and what you actually do, how you know synonymous those two things are. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because essentially you get this little snapshot of these people who are full of adrenaline, are super excited to play this game. You know, yeah, does people, that people really were translate? Four, full of a lot of adrenaline, which yes. was interesting considering that, you know, luckily I, we did not get caught in a lot of rain. So it was very hot that day. So you had a lot of flop sweating people, but a lot of people that were just Elizabeth Basil was the first person I talked to, and she was just bursting with energy. <laughs> yeah. So will that energy carry on throughout the season? And will this optimism and excitement, you know, how how does how does that person who's super stoked to go play Survivor, how does that translate into the actual gameplay? You know, is it representative? Can we glean things really truly from this preseason on how the person is gonna play? Um, so so we'll see. Uh but yeah, either way I Win, so that's good <laughs> yeah exactly so the other thing that we usually do in our preseason podcast is we like to do survivor superlatives where you know we give a, a high school like superlative and we try to figure out again based on our preseason predictions who's most likely to fulfill said superlative unfortunately we'll have to uh you know put that one to the side for now because not only again did i get a sense of these people and know the first boot as well that could influence my choices but I actually co-opted something from the B&B and brought that to my interviews with Jeff Probst and Matt Van Wagnon. So the morning of the premiere on parade.com slash tag slash survivor, there should be a really fun article going out where Jeff and Matt give their own answers to these survivor superlatives. Things like most likely to find an idol, most likely to be a challenge beast, uh, most likely to be fooled by a fake idol, least likely to flip, class clown, etc. I thought it was in, in honor of like the sort of like survivor school theme that is coming with this season, I thought it'd be an interesting way for them to sort of get through the cast. They do talk through most of the cast. So I apologize, Liana, that I'm, you know, evoking that opportunity uh, from you. But hopefully there should be some fun stuff coming from production, giving their own superlatives in the next few days. Yeah. So when I first heard that you were going to be doing this, uh, my first thought was, how dare you? But then I realized what the true power of this could be, because if we slowly start to insert more B&B things in the official uh, coverage of Survivor, I think we would really go places. Um, so I'm just sort of biding my time, infiltrating um uh and mike maybe we can put some really crazy stuff eventually one day it will be slow but we will get there we'll start with superlatives i think that's a great place to start and i'm super curious to hear what they have to say you know how maybe i'll try to make my own predictions beforehand and see if they match up uh with uh with what they have to say about this cast well funny you should mention b and b tried and true practices because i do have a game in substitution of the superlatives so before I went out there, Josh was an indispensable source of wisdom and advice. And he said, you know, prepare a couple of like fun B&B-esque questions to throw in there. Uh, one of them ended up making my articles, which was if you could pick one celebrity or fictional character to bring out as your loved one, who would it be? Which I had a lot of fun mm -hmm. listening to people's responses. I think my favorite, I don't know, I have a lot of favorites. I like Jax, which is just Jon Snow, yeah. like not even Kit Harrington, just the character of Jon Snow. Elaine was Jerry Springer, which would just be amazing. And I'm assuming with like challenge probes right there, they'd have a host down throwdown. Uh, Tommy said Buzz Lightyear, like a full size Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I like to imagine that. That would be very hot, though, out on the and island. Very creepy. Yeah. Because yeah. is it still animated or is it like a humanized well, version? 
Yeah, I would say, like, imagine the guy at Disney World Pixar Land who's, like, dressed up in the Buzz Lightyear costume, but, like, ah. more animated facial expressions. Yes. Okay. That's terrifying. Thank you for my new nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Sorry you won't be sleeping much for the next week or so. But so that, that was a really fun question and a great way to get to know people. But, Liana, I finish my interview, each and every one, with a question. If you were a soup, oh my God. what type would you be? So here's a little game I have called Soups On. And here's a way for us to sort of talk about the cast while also giving you an opportunity to guess some things. I'm going to read 10 statements. Each statement, I want you to guess which of the Island of the Idols castaways, what was, if this was their answer to what kind of soup are you? Uh, we'll do it where if you want to guess outright and you get it correct, I'll give you two points. If you want to take a demerit and only get uh, a possible one point, I will give you the tribe that the person is from. But we're going to see based on how they define themselves as a soup, if you can guess who these 20 contestants are. Oh my gosh. I am so, so happy in this moment. Um, of all of the ridiculous things that we have done on the B&B, the what soup is this? <laughs> what soup does this represent? Is one of the silliest and of course one of my favorites. So I can't wait to really truly dig into what this cast is. You know, uh, are they a gazpacho? Are they uh, clam chowder? I'm sure we're going to have a lot of that with Rhode Island. I don't know. Uh, but I I can't wait to find out these answers, and I am ready to play. Yeah, I also realized how nasty I was in making a bunch of people that were about to starve themselves be like, hey, think about food, and think about what type of food you are specifically. Okay, I have a question. Did anybody ask, I'm sorry, why are you asking me this question? Oh, there was so many questions about that, but awesome. a surprising number of them were just willing to go along with it, which makes me very happy and also makes me hopeful for their survivor games. You know, if you could go along with what super you you can go along with any sort of alliance plan that might come your way, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Of all the ridiculous questions you're going to get asked, if you just roll with the punches, you're like, yeah, Minestrone, let's do this. I think you'll be a good survivor player. All right. All right. I'm ready. So, I'm, again, I'm going to read a statement. You have to guess the player. Uh, if you want to just guess outright two points, you can get a hint of what tribe they're on, but that will only give you one point. If you get to some sort of number I have in my head, uh, you win. Though you're going to win this season anyway, so we'll just assume that you win every game outright. Woot woot. All right, I'm down. All right, first statement. Probably a nice chicken and dumplings. It's really warm and savory, and it'll fill you up. How am I supposed to do this? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? I, 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 you fell for my trap. <laughs> I made an offer. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, who do I think is chicken and dumplings? So somebody who considers themselves to be uh, wholesome. I, you know what? Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna guess outright on this. I'm gonna go with Elaine. I'm sorry, it was Jack. Obviously, of course, it was Jack. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of see it though because you know the really what I got from Jack, no matter what, is he's just such a nice guy. He yeah. was so bubbly and beaming when he talked to me his eyes lit up every time he mentioned climbing a coconut tree and so i could imagine why he sort of imagines himself as you know this warm and savory person because he does have a very warm welcoming presence yeah and just seem you know really um like i was gonna say he's a real chill bro and i feel like that is very comforting you know he's just he's there he was friendly like seemed like he uh would be an easy person to talk to and really comes across with that sort of warm personality so okay i can see it all right chicken and dumplings that was jack 
Yes. And it's also interesting because, you know, he is the youngest. And I would say that, you know, Missy's right next to him at being 24 to his 23. But I feel like due to her own life experience, she is wise beyond her years. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how much, you know, will his quote unquote immaturity stick out. He did say to me how he does feel like he has his own maturity and he hopes to sort of overcome this beachy dude persona with this hairstyle that apparently is very new to him. So we'll we'll see, but it's so interesting how like the youngest person on the tribe sticks out like a sore thumb considering it's usually the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, I um I I mean, I think, you know, I know he talked about um that he was like, yeah, I feel like I can be very mature and I can relate to a lot of of different experiences with different people. Um so I feel like a lot of people like chicken and dumpling soup, so hopefully that'll bode well for him. All right, next one. I'm a split pea soup. The base of the soup is hearty, it's filling, it has nutritional value from the peas. There's substance to it. You get carrots thrown in there once in a while as a treat. It's thick and dense, but not too dense. It's a good balance in what you're looking for. And the kicker is you get the croutons on top. The croutons for me are my little crunch, my little eccentricities, my little funny quirks. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I'm I'm just... um... I took a step back to think about what's actually going on right now. And this is insanely bizarre. <laughs> um, okay. There's no way I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to take the hint, uh, narrow it down. What, uh, what tribe is this person on? Vokai. All right. And obviously you now have nine people to choose from because Jack is ineligible. Right. Aha. See, that was my strategy the entire time. <laughs> um, okay. Who do I think would, uh, who really likes peas? Who comes across as a peas? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Janet. Oh, uh, you were so close with the first two letters. It was Jason. Ah, yes. The tribe of J names. Wait, really? Jason thought he was split pea soup? Yeah. You know, he said no. there's a lot of substance to it. And he, you know, he was the one who told me he feels like he's a disguised dork. He says he has these little weird quirks about him. Like he loves to go down Wikipedia wormholes about castles. So those are, I guess, his croutons. Ah, so he's like a little crud. Like there's a little bit more to him. Hmm, I don't know. Well, now I don't think I can root for Jason. I don't like peas, so this is going to be rough, um, but I'll I'll do my best. I will also say uh, this one I did not include, but Ronnie also called himself a split pea soup. Ronnie was also split pea soup? I guess that yeah, makes well, sense. He, There's a limited number of soups. We're going to get some overlap. Well, his his reasoning was essentially, I just like it. You know what? Ronnie is split pea soup. You know, I'm no BuzzFeed quiz creator, but if <laughs> if I were to say, I feel like Ronnie is more split pea. I mean, I know we're splitting hairs, but talk about or peas <laughs> or peas. Yeah, exactly. All right. Jason split pea soup. Linden. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah! You came up with a middle name for him. Oh! fantastic that's gonna be their uh their names okay i'm gonna need the full list when we're done obviously we'll finish the game but uh but yeah um all right hmm. oh for two so far let's see if we can uh put give you on the board here with this next one i'm a creamy buttery lemon based soup maybe it's got a little bit of shrimp in it it's salty because i can be a little salty and a little sweet and it's hot um okay i'll give you i'll give you a hint free of charge look at those last three words and it's hot that might help you and it's hot Mm -hmm. Uh, is is this like a thing that i'm supposed to know 
Like, is this like a quote know. that someone? It's tough because I've studied these people. These yes. people have been living rent free in my head for such a long time that I honestly have no idea what's been picked up or not from these people's bios. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't remember if somebody talked about this. Um, okay, you know what? I just want to get a point, so I want to know what tribe this person is on. This is yet another Vokai. Oh, this is perfect. All right, so we've already eliminated two people. Okay, so it's so definitely you an, not. An, 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 you have an you have eight people to choose from out of twenty. Yes. Um. Okay. Who do I think would be a little spicy, uh, or hot? I don't, dude, dude. What is this game? All right, Jamal. I'm sorry. It was Lauren. Okay. Explain. Oh, is it because she practiced making fire or whatever? No, it's because she said she's hot like Troyzan. You know what? That's a Troyzan. What was that noise? Was that you just like? Was was that your head hitting the desk? (laughs) That was my hand. But yes, that um, ah man, I should. You know what? I thought I would have remembered the Troyzan thing, but you know that's what I. I I had no idea. I saw that it become like a a memed or you know sort of like I said a prominent statement from the buyer. So I guess that's why I wanted to highlight it. But I I understand there was a lot going on with this preseason, but yeah. It ends up, uh, she has a, I guess she, she would say that Troyzen is the same creamy, buttery, lemon-based soup as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're making that comparison. Look, I just want to throw this out there. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but Mike has like 106 pages of content, plus the hours <laughs> of interviews, plus the bios. Okay, I'm sorry I was not able to glean who is a certain soup based on this. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm excited to figure out everybody else. So let's do this thing. Well, so I guess looking back, I mean, do, does the soup make sense for someone like Lauren? Oh, true. Good point. Um, yeah, I, you know, I can see it. Um, she definitely felt like super warm and fun and inviting. And I feel like that, you know, that's a little related to the soup, right? Yeah, I think the saltiness is interesting because she does seem like a very nice person and she and i just had energies that really bounced off one another our voices were both reverberating throughout the jungle uh just to getting so excited especially about the troyzan stuff we really took a bite into that like a nice lemony buttery soup but the saltiness is interesting because she is so adamant that like yes i may come off as nice but i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get to the end i'll be very intrigued to see like when that part of Lauren comes out and if that part of Lauren can come out. Right. And I think, you know, again, talking about people being onions, this soup also represents layers, right? You have all of these different flavors that are all mixed in together. And I feel like Lauren is one of those people that definitely falls in that category. All right. Here's number four. Very (laughs) simple. I'm an alphabet soup. I talk, 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 talk. Oh, shoot. Who is it that, like, couldn't shut up? Um... Uh, uh oh my gosh um okay you know what i'm gonna take the hand again just going for that point this is on lyra oh time. no <laughs> um okay who do i think just talks 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 um do, 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 do. i think i'm going to go with yeah do i have another hint no nope that's it oh wow okay um karishma that's correct yes oh my gosh nailed it i'm so good at this wow wow you might wow. i feel like you already won considering you've mastered my apparently impossible game uh yes karishma said she's an alphabet soup because all she does is talk apparently yeah i mean it makes sense you know a lawyer right so i feel like talk 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 fits for her um hmm. okay yeah i don't know what else there is to dissect there no i just i i really love talking with karishma too it's really interesting you know 
she also has a very interesting role because she's you know she she feels like she's doing something very atypical for the hindi community Mm -hmm. by being uh you know a a woman who's like i'm going to pursue my own things you know i'm going to be quote unquote a little selfish and go Mm -hmm. out onto survivor but at the same time as being the first indian american contestant she's unfortunately kind of saddled with the pressures of representing her community so it's a weird dichotomy going on with karishma but that makes her so interesting to watch and she was just so much fun to talk to as well yeah no i mean i absolutely resonated with her because you know she talks about being she's a strong intelligent woman um and when she talked about that oh you know the path i was supposed to be on or potentially is like oh i'm gonna get married and have babies and stay home like that's not me you know that's not my path that's not what i'm supposed to do and so seeing somebody make the feeling strong enough to make those decisions and go for it and do these types of things was really cool so um she's one of the people that i'm really high on even you know i don't know how she's going to do in the game but in terms of learning more about her as a person i'm definitely here for it so you go alphabet soup yeah and basically uh maybe it should be like an alphabet soup player instead of alpha or beta player <laughs> but you know she also she basically brought up she's like i want to basically have the positive qualities of angelina with that with the self-awareness mm-hmm. so that should make for a very interesting character no matter what yeah exactly and we saw you know angelina do well um and so hopefully this uh is similar for her maybe i don't know can do uh pull it out in the end <laughs> soup number five i'm thinking of rubbing a lamp and a genie coming out asking what do you want i tell him i want my favorite soup i would be that soup Whatever y'all need, that's who I am until you're gone. Okay, who do I? Yeah, that's think a bit. It's a bit, a bit of a trip statement, right? <laughs> would think about a magic genie granting them a wish, and for some reason, one of their wishes was, "What is my favorite soup?" Which is not really a wish; it's more of like a self-discovery type question. So. Genie, help me discover this. Maybe, maybe a future season is going to be like Genie Island, where you rub a genie's lamp and you're like. Just talk to me about, like, why I'm out here. Like, what I, what should I be doing? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to have a bunch of people that really want to learn about themselves and learn more about what it's like, you know, through the experience of Survivor, maybe Survivor Genie Island is the next theme that we're going to see. Um, okay, so uh, I want to get two in a row. So hit me up, bro. This is another Lyro. Okay, Lyro. Um, I'm going to go with the y'all, hoping that that will give me a little bit of a hint and go with Elaine. I'm sorry, you were two strikes on Uh, Elaine. Uh, The correct answer was Missy. Missy. Hmm. Okay, Missy. I know that it didn't say dope in there, so I know it probably confused me. I know, dude. Decently dope uh, is one of my favorite new phrases. Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, now I know I can just guess Elaine, I think, for the rest of them. We'll see how that goes. Um, Okay. So she, you know, I think, what does it say about her, right? She took a unique take on the question and talk about a unique story. I mean, that is Missy. I mean, just such a interesting and roundabout way to explain experience your 20s you know (laughs) like absolutely insane which i got super interested in the tumor uh that she had Mm -hmm. okay it must have been pressing against her pituitary gland uh which is important for hormone production part of the endocrine system because it releases it's like one hormones associated with pregnancy anyway i got super nerdy about the whole situation um so i was very interested in her so that's really cool to hear her uh, have a unique take on this question for sure well, then I'm actually interested to get your opinion on as well, because I know that she had said, at least in my interview, that, you know, the doctor got rid of the tumor by her taking vitamins is I, I'm obviously I don't know uh, how 
practice your own oncology, but do you think that's like a legitimate thing that can happen? I was very intrigued by that. Yeah, I need to look into that. I wasn't sure if exactly like, ex- okay, when she says vitamins, I didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, yeah, it's because, not like Flintstones chewable vitamins. Right, right, exactly. Like, oh, don't worry. I took my gummy vitamins today. I'm cool. <laughs> uh, no cancer for me. Yeah, exactly. No cancer. But I mean, when she said tumor, because she said it was benign, so I didn't know exactly like if it was tumor cells or it was just some sort of lesion that was definitely growing there um so okay i'll i will read and report back to you before we move on to more fun and games we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. All right, let's go to another one here. Chicken noodle for the soul. You're like, mmm, give me some of that. It's hearty, and it's what you want to go for when you feel sick. I totally feel like that. I totally feel like that. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Was it Kelly? You should have guessed Elaine. Oh, damn it. No. But Kelly was sick, right? Yeah, she was sick. Oh. But I don't think she felt like this, she needed some soup in that moment. Yeah, but she was like, I felt like that, right? <laughs> yeah, but she, as in she feels like she is that type of soup. Ah, damn it. I know like I could hearty. go for some of that. <laughs> like, I'm sick and... So I need this. Uh, I knew it was, would be something hearty with Elaine. That's just like how she comes across. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, what a person. Oh, my God. What a character. I mean, I know I think Josh went into a little bit about our trip to the Lyro camp, which is just ridiculous. But one of them was one part of that after the rap battles and the uh, the simulations as to what they're going to talk about with Jeff once they finally meet him was. Elaine coming back from a confessional and just doing like seven minutes of stand up to the rest of the tribe. It was truly ludicrous, but she is just such an effervescent personality. And what I love about it is she has this sassiness and this slyness to her. I mean, uh, she told me that, you know, she's currently in a relationship with a woman who she stole from her husband, yes. which is just crazy. But she also has such a nurturing and caring side of her, which is just I don't know. It's it's all encompassing and maybe unexpected, but I feel like this answer totally makes sense based on that idea. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought she was chicken and dumplings. <laughs> it's similar. Um, no, I I thought that of of all the people on this season, I mean, she has one of the more interesting stories for me. Um, just based on sort of all of her experiences growing up and sort of being, um, you know, like arrested for public intoxication, <laughs> um, and like stealing stuff as a kid. And and then, you know, getting her like stuff together and getting a didn't she get a sports scholarship or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then through all of sort of the more recent events in her life, um, I really, really liked her. And um, and I, I you know, I don't, I have no idea how she's going to 
how she's going to do. I mean, this is what I talk about. I don't know what the gameplay is going to look like this season, but I'm really excited to watch these people try to play the game of Survivor. And she is one of those people that I'm really looking forward to. Plus, I love Talladega Nights as a movie. Yes. And so when she made the Shake and Bake reference, I was totally here for it. That was what sold me. You know, I know there's a lot of hype regarding her. And so is she going to be this character that we all expect? But I trust you and Josh. You really got, you know, you get to see her. You got to meet her. Um, and uh, and I think she's going to make for great TV. Yeah, plus, I didn't get to ask about the origin behind her camo Boston hat, but you have to hope she has the chance to meet Boston Rob yes. out there, right? Because that's just <laughs> fantastic. And hopefully he'll be able to go a bit easy on her. And yeah, I, I feel like we should expect an episode titled down the line called Shake and Bake, yes. just based on based on that idea with the Cal Naughton stuff. Let's move on here. Is chili a soup? I take it as a soup. I call myself a full steak chili, nice and hearty with all sorts of stuff going on. <laughs> Lots of stuff going on. Um, okay, I don't know. I've got a gut feeling about this, so I'm just going to guess on this one, too. Is this Aaron? I'm sorry. Ugh. This was Dan. Ugh, Dan. Dan. Um, okay, fine, Dan. Um... Uh, I mean, Dan asking the important question of is chili is a chili soup? A soup. Uh, yeah, I guess that wasn't that on the Renap survey is a uh, is a hamburger a sandwich? <laughs> just like add this. Yeah, to this the, is just it's it's cousin. Yeah, is chili a soup. I think chili's a soup. I don't know. I, feel I like think it depends on what you define as a soup. If it's like if yeah. it's like something that has to contain a broth to it, I feel like that's not necessarily chili mm. or at least good chili. But I would personally count it as a soup, just considering the the method by which you eat it, mm. usually. Yeah, so I don't know if whether or not his answer to the question, like, what can I glean about him from his answer to this question? Do I think in a similar way to Missy, it shows him thinking outside the box? Or do I think he just really likes chili? And you know what? I think I'm just going to go with he really likes chili. Uh, I don't know how Dan is going to do, um, but he, uh, you know, he's here to climb his Everest. So that's what he's yeah, here exactly. for. Yeah. What was it like? He said uh, 10,000 people have climbed Mount Everest, 500 people have played Survivor is like the one statistic he kept spouting out. What I find interesting is the statement of I've got all sorts of stuff going on because I get that speaks towards his day to day. And it's been so interesting to see. Dan was the first interview that I put out there and I saw a lot of responses as to like, this guy's going to be our villain this season, which I didn't get a sense of whatsoever when I was there. But I guess the more I think about it, the more I realize that like, you know, he's used to sort of playing a sharky type of role working in the high stakes world of Hollywood entertainment. Mm -hmm. I can imagine how when it comes to making deals and forcing deals, this is something that he's going to be very used to. And as a result, might come across a bit more cutthroat. Yeah, I, um, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I will say on the uh, Facebook page, there were a lot of people that really painted him as a villain and they thought that he was definitely going to be that person on the season. And, you know, I can get a little bit of a sense of that, that he is willing to sort of do whatever it takes to really get it done. You know, he's here to play the game. And so he could definitely slide into that villain role. Um, so, but I, you know, that being said, I think we have a lot of people who could actually take the villain role this season. So will he yeah. be the most villain? You know, I don't know, uh, but I could see it. Yeah. I mean, there are only a few people who I encountered who were like, oh, no, no about, you know, betraying, you know, these certain people, you know, Elizabeth was someone who was like, I want to play as honesty and uh, as honestly and loyal as possible. But even she was like, if it gets to a certain point, I'm going to have to compromise that. So I think, an advantage of, I think, bringing in fans of the game is that they are someone who sort of has a general sense mm-hmm. of the morals of Survivor. 
Though, I will also say, Jamal was one of my favorite people to talk to just about the game, because he had such interesting ideas, and one of them that really resonated with me was him basically saying, like, you know, you can come in with morals like a coach, but you have to realize that, you know, there is no objectivity in Survivor. The morals of the game are going to be created by the 20 people who are in it, not even Mm. the 500 people that came before it. So, you know what, people can criticize you outside of the show, but all that matters is what you guys value within the season, which we've seen time and time again, which has led to, you know, even several contentious jury verdicts, I would say, is because this mini society in a season has determined what are the rules mm-hmm. that are they going to use to govern. And that's the only rubric that they essentially utilize. Yeah, I mean, exactly. When you talk about something like jury management, I mean, that's really what it is. You have this tiny little microcosm of people that are all playing together and you have to be able to appeal to, of course, each person if you want to get their jury vote, but also essentially play by the rules that were established by the majority of the people. And so that can look like something that we see in normal society or it can be something that is, you know, very, very different. Um, And so being able to uh, modulate your gameplay in order to fit that is something that is a really good skill when it turns, especially, you know, when it comes to getting all the jury votes in the end. All right, let's move on to our next soup here. Only a few left. I'm a clear broth because I'm an open book. I'm not a cream of whatever. There's probably a lot of stuff in it, like beef and carrots. I'm just now describing what I like. That's blank soup, and blank is their name. Ah, okay. Um, okay, somebody that feels like they don't really hide anything. Um, okay, I've missed the last. All right, yeah, yeah, give me a hint. Uh, it is from uh, from Vokai. Okay, all right. So there was a person I was thinking of that I thought might be this person. I'm gonna go with Nora. I'm sorry, it was Kelly. What, Kelly? Get it together. She was sick. She just wanted broth. She was like, just- no, she just wanted, wanted clear broth. I guess it's just like water. <laughs> yeah, what is clear broth? I mean, I guess you can still, it's like semi transparent, like chicken broth and stuff. <laughs> but I guess huh. I just can't, like, That's all I'm imagining is like clear, transparent broth. And I don't know what to think about that. Mm, it sounds like something weird that was made in a food lab, like where they manufacture yeah, exactly. flaming hot Cheetos. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting answer from her. Um, You know, I know that she talks a lot about the right she's the one who's getting her mba right that's um yes yeah uh and so i feel like is she an onion person because based on her soup description she doesn't feel really like she's an onion person you know i don't know mike if you do you feel like there's more depth to her than she's leading on I mean, she was very open about a lot of stuff hmm. with me. And I asked her, you know, are you playing to bring that sense of honesty into the game? And she said, absolutely. So I think that's what sort of led to this type of statement. And I feel like that cuts both ways. I think when it comes to making bonds with people, that's something you're very easily able to do. Because it's like, if I open up to you, that makes you feel like you can trust me inherently more. At the same time, if people don't necessarily get along with that open Burke personality, considering you're just showing all facets of your personality, that can really work against you. But I think Kelly was sort of coming in with the logic of like, I can't be anybody but myself, even though she does tell this fantastic story about how, you know, she's been really trying to play down preseason perceptions. So on the plane ride to Fiji, she put on this tie-dyed cat t-shirt and wore it for the entirety of the flight because she wanted to come off as somebody who is not like the, you know, smart alecky person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. Weren't there like holes in it or something? Yeah. She said there were holes in it <laughs> yeah. and she, and she thought it was an immediately a bad idea. 
but she realized as soon as she landed in Fiji, like, oh my god, it's tropical weather. I'm gonna have to take this off and show everybody my holy tie-dye cat t-shirt. That's <laughs> so good. Um, I feel like there were a lot of people that were at least aware of the pre-game perceptions that were happening at Ponderosa. It wasn't, didn't someone put their book cover, like, put a Bible book cover? Was that, um, who was that? Uh, Chelsea, maybe? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, but, uh, yeah maybe. And, and I know that uh, Kelly's also someone who's like, she's been reading, pur- she's been purposely reading YA novels right. to not come across as too smart. Uh, I know that Nora is someone who believes that, like, she's been leading a lot of stuff at Ponderosa, mm-hmm. where she's like, I'll stand up and people will stand up. I'll take off my shirt mm-hmm. to jump in the pool and so will everybody else. That's interesting. Um, I, I, Sorry, I still can't get over that that was Kelly's answer. Although I guess it makes more sense. Not that she is not trying to... I guess she is trying to deceive, but I guess it's more she wants to come across as being this look, what you see is what you get kind of person. Yeah. And I actually really love that as a strategy. If you can come across that way as what you see is what you get, but then are deceptive <laughs> uh, behind the scenes, you know, but you still come across with that perception. I think that that is really, really strong. I think that makes for a good game player. So um, hopefully she's able to pull something like that off. And I should also mention, uh, we mentioned uh, Angelina before. This is yet another friend, or I guess friend of a friend of Adam Klein. So we'll mm. see if he ends up uh, batting for two for two here. All right. Yeah, we'll see. The Adam Klein bump is real, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's just the idol in his pants. Don't worry, Liana. <laughs> All right. Next one. This is a, a good response uh, to the question that you asked me before. This person starts by laughing and saying, what does that even mean? Awesome. I'm, I'm a Thai curry soup. Because it's plant-based with lots of superfoods, but it's saucy, a little sweet, a little creamy. It's rich. It's got base and depth, and it leaves you wanting more. Okay, the vegetables did it for me, and I kind of got stuck on that. So I'm going to go with the person I just guessed, Nora. That is correct. Yes! Oh, my gosh. Without even the hint. Ugh. So good. Nora, by far, was the most intrigued by the soup question. (laughs) To the point where the next day she came up to me and was like, I've been thinking all night about the soup question. (laughs) This is making my life. Um, I know that she's a health and fitness type person, so it makes sense that she would be interested in the culinary question. But at the same time, the fact that you that we were able to start such a weird thing here on the B&B and then you, Mike, took it all the way to Fiji to then take up the mental space to live rent free, if you will, in Nora's head overnight. Just wow. That's really wonderful. I know I'm probably being a bit, you know, uh, selfish with this thinking, but I do wonder. I've had flashes of my moment of people like sitting around the shelter being like, did you guys get that weird soup question, too? <laughs> yeah. You remember that guy who asked us that soup question? He asked, what soup are you? <laughs> yeah, I would say, say that? that I think, you know, uh, the the end of the idol cast is great. And I hope that they enjoy that. They got the two biggest clowns of the Survivor <laughs> press and Josh and I out there to field all their questions. <laughs> That's right. If you're going to pick two representatives, <laughs> the fact that it was the two of you. Uh, no, it's good. I mean, if you're going to talk about a cast that can probably handle the silliness that the two of you bring. I mean, this is a good one. So what did what did you think of Nora? Because she's someone who really intrigued me and in just being so, you know, open about her values and her again, if we're talking about people at a crossroads, I mean, she just made a huge pivot mm-hmm. from building this career in finance and now setting off on her own as a health and wellness entrepreneur. 
I know that obviously, you know, she got a big impression from her, her interview with Josh as well in terms of, you know, the amount and the stuff she was able to say. Yeah. So, I mean, she's somebody who it was it was really interesting to hear her story and sort of the going from the CPA and then switching and, and, and changing her career around and then sort of thinking about, you know, I, I'm family oriented. Right. And I why am I doing this? I, you know, I don't necessarily. What is the point? Right. Sort of going through all of these changes in her life. But she is intense, man. Um, I I don't know how she's gonna do, but uh, but she goes after what she wants, and that is something that I really respect. Um, I just hope it doesn't necessarily get in her way. And it was funny to hear you talk about the fact that she's sort of the quote unquote leader potentially, or at least she does something and other people follow. Um, and so I wonder if we can see her as someone who is really going to be a leader on the tribe. I mean, I would be very down for it to see her. Uh, you know. Oh, sure. Will she be targeted early and in danger? But that's fine. You know, we get to see her out sort of leading people and that would be really cool. Um, So she an interesting character for sure. Yeah, she is someone who I think, you know, Molly, I really chalked up as somebody who really marched to the beat of her own drummer. But I feel like Nora is almost that Mm -hmm. tenfold so much so that she thinks like I have the confidence to be able to, you know, forge my own path so I can, you know, I can imagine that others would follow me. From that perspective, because, yeah, she's made all these big changes. I thought her family history is so interesting. You know, her parents immigrate from Lebanon to London to raise her and then end up going from London to the U.S. And she gives this great story in my interview with her about how she's so inspired by her mother who, Mm -hmm. like, ends up, you know, she had to put her art career on the side to support her husband and become the breadwinner. And then when she got a divorce, she's now able to, like, have a career for herself. So she just has such an interesting story and I can imagine how that type of life story really fosters that type of attitude in her where she says, you know, the way she gets to know people is not who are your parents and where do you come from? It's what do you like on the playground? Mm -hmm. And I can imagine when it comes to getting to know people on Survivor, that's a very experiential learning is sort of what she's championing here, I guess, above facts, which I guess, you know, when people called Chrissy to task in the HHH final tribal council for just learning facts instead of being experiential, I guess it speaks to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe if she can, she can tap into that. I think the other thing that was uh, that I really liked about her that uh, I think because you you talked about the fictional character, right? The celebrity question. Yeah. Because I just remember her answer. It was it was something about Earth. So I think it was like, wasn't it Leonardo DiCaprio or something that she was? It was like, yeah. Because and then and then she said eventually that she was like, if I get there, I'm going to tell everyone that like I'm going to give the money right back into the into you know environmental causes yeah that aside i just want to talk about the deforestation of fiji because it is still (laughs) something that i'm all about and i feel like nora is going to be the person out there experiencing it maybe she can help me with my cause my gofundme for the deforestation of fiji specifically due to reality tv shows um so yeah i was here for that from her as well (laughs) Uh, all right let's get to our final one here you're on a hot streak much like a bowl of soup I hate soup. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't like things really cold or hot. I drink my coffee room temperature. I maybe had soup when I was a kid, but I haven't had it since I was five. It's so funny you ask that. My biggest pet peeve is slurping soup. If we go to Panera Bread and someone is eating soup, I can't be near them. Not only do I not only like the taste of soup, it makes me mad. <laughs> okay. So- this is my favorite response, so I saved it yeah, for last. Yeah, this is by far the best response. Um... Uh- <laughs> Uh, okay, this is a person that uh, has very strong opinions. Um, they hate soup. Uh, they hate slurping soup. Uh, so someone, okay, someone very opinionated. Um, all right, I want to get this last one right. So give me the hint. What tribe are they on? We are back to Vokai once more. Oh, Vokai. 
All right. Okay. So there's only like five people left on Vokai. Okay. Well, let's not remind everyone <laughs> because um, of your imminent failure. Yeah, exactly. When I guess the wrong person, it's like, really, Liana? Um, okay. I feel like Tommy would be more chill about soup, although maybe he's like, he's like, no, I don't like that. Um, all right. I'm going to go with Janet. Uh, you should have gone with your gut, hot or cold. It was Tommy. Oh, come on, Tommy. Ugh. You know, he is a tank top fan, though, isn't he, uh, Mike? So uh, yeah. He, yeah, he was, he was rocking the tank top, rocking the tank top and the sunburn as well. I can't believe he doesn't like soup. What is OK? It was so random, especially because Tommy comes in as just like this ebullient yes. guy. You know, he says that he's the fun teacher. He takes after Ron yes. Clark. Everyone's loving his class where he's stepping on desks. And then the one pain point i found with tommy is his hatred of soup he's like i'm super chill i have to be able to connect with all you know 24 students in my class it's really important that i bond with all of them you know really fluid being able to jump on tables and desks and oh i'm super cool guy i'm like ron clark and then he's like screw soup soup is the worst thing ever no one should ever eat soup don't slurp soup don't show me soup soup like hot soup bars are an abomination i cannot imagine this okay tommy very interesting yeah which again is it's i guess when you're so positive about everything in life you have to find one negative thing to channel your emotions towards but i'm very intrigued by tommy not just because of his hatred of soup but spoiler alert for my upcoming superlatives article jeff probst is very high on Tommy and it seems like a lot of the community is as well mm-hmm. I've, I've seen a lot of things of like if I could pick one guy to be my winner pick it would be Tommy yeah I've also heard a lot of people be really high on him and you know to be honest I can kind of see it because he has that really sort of fun happy-go-lucky attitude um, but still is very um, it's very targeted it's very direct there is a purpose behind being fun and jumping on the tables right and stuff because you were trying to cultivate this very specific type of atmosphere and Ron Clark I mean he did pretty well at least made it pretty deep into the game so if uh, Tommy is able to really channel that you know maybe he'll be able to have a similar experience maybe make it a little farther yeah, I think Tommy has a really like amiable sense about him, which will really help. I mean, I had a great time talking with him just because he was so just so enjoyable to talk to. I felt like he was really able to connect on a down to earth level because he had, you know, he has a, a story about, you know, his parents having to work multiple jobs and yet still providing for him. He has these crazy stories about how both of his parents sort of have their own survivor as stories where like his dad got hit by a car. And then one time a tree fell on his car. His mom survived brain surgery. And that sort of has fostered this experience, this uh, this Sheehan motto in him, which is get it done. And he also has that athleticism as well. You know, he's somebody who still, despite being a teacher, I think does a lot of athletic stuff. So I think that's going to help him as well, because in this extremely jacked cast, I can only imagine what the challenges are going to be. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the fact that this man hates soup and that he drinks his coffee at room (laughs) temperature. Right. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what he said. Wow. I mean, listen, he's a teacher. I'm assuming there's some, maybe the stuff in the break room is not able to heat up mm. the, the coffee to a good temperature. So he has to drink at room temperature. But yeah, it's a, it's interesting to have him sort of ride the medium the entire time when it comes to his temperatures. Fascinating. I wonder if Tommy is going to have his downfall because of like one thing that he just really can't get over. You know, he's definitely super go lucky in 99% of the things. And then one thing just sets him off. He's like, no, I'm sorry. We definitely can't do that. <laughs> and that is his ultimate downfall. Mm, we shall see. 
Well, I'm trying to remember. Are there any soup rewards on Survivor? Because I can imagine him either like throwing the challenge or being like, I'm going to give my reward away. I don't need the soup. Uh, have there ever been soup as a reward? I do not think so. I don't even think chili, uh, albeit uh, soup or not, the jury is still well, out. No, I feel like right? there was, um, nope, you know what? Survivor pull out. They had beef stew. Oh, they beef stew. Okay, stew. Is, is, is stew a soup? I would say so. I think it's largely broth based, so I would consider it a soup. Is stew a soup? Let's see. I'm going to Google it right now. Um, technically, there's a difference, but yeah, I mean, I think you can probably. Like just because it contained less liquid doesn't mean that they're not necessarily a soup. Hmm. Anyway, well, I feel like we've really learned a lot about the cast through the soup question. Um, <laughs> I'm happy that you were able to ask these and that at least the majority of people entertained the idea of answering the soup question. Uh, and we found out Tommy's real like one pet peeve in life, which just maybe I learned more about him in that one question than I did maybe the entire interview. I will also point out these were sort of like dead giveaways, but I want to bring up, you know, some interesting cultural answers. Uh, Jamal brought up guisado de pollo, which is apparently a Puerto Rican soup. And Vince talked about Korean hangover soup, oh. which is apparently, uh, you know, he taught for some time in Southern in South Korea. And he said that's something he would just get all the time to, you know, uh, you, you know, be able to wean what ails you, mm. especially when you're having to deal with so many uh you know demonic south korean children yeah uh, i got a recipe to try also i feel like that soup would also be good on survivor i don't know it just like heals all ailments potentially this is an all healing soup um who knows maybe uh maybe they will get a super award this year yeah that will truly be our influence leon oh, maybe we'll have all the contestants you know how again i don't want to mention big brother but you know how we have people like talking in the diary room about like requesting foods i wonder if survivors are able to do that like off mm, camera producers maybe well you know how didn't dalton ross come up with the idea for hiding an idol at one of the immunity challenges or something like that yeah so basically <laughs> i'm on that path yes exactly you are on your way uh one day you will give us soup <laughs> you'll inspire jeff Pro to have more soup on survivor because that's what you want in the hot fijian sun mm, <laughs> soup <laughs> delicious good to good to cool down good for what else <laughs> exactly nice clear broth oh, love love it um okay so now i want to take this opportunity to turn the tables on you mike i roundabout is fair exactly trade. um let's see if you can answer some questions regarding how the casuals feel about survivor um so i have two regular questions i just want to start off with just to like you know get some general thoughts going and then i have a specific game that i really am excited for you to play um so i'm i'm very intrigued I, can you give me a percentage of how much of the talk on the casual facebook page is about rob and sandra and how much is about the actual cast yeah so those are the first things that i wanted to address so the way that the um the facebook page works so this is the survivor facebook page and they put up a couple of sort of general um posts about the season so um when they first introduced that first promo that didn't have any of the cast in it but did feature rob and sandra um we got a lot of comments about rob and sandra uh we got comments about the name the format a lot of those types of things and then the facebook page posted individual posts about uh each of the players so about a minute long bio uh, and then there were a couple you know comments obviously from the casuals on those posts specifically so what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit more generally about their responses and then we'll dig into comments about specific people 
Okay, good. so the first question, uh, this these uh, these are normal formats. So three of these comments I have pulled and the fourth one or one of the four I wrote. Okay, so your job, Mike, is to pick out which one I wrote. All right, so these are the casual thoughts on the name slash format of the season. A, Island of the Idols. Um... So it means this season would be about who did great practicing the Easter egg hunt hunting last Easter. Uh, B. Okay. I, I love this idea of Easter being like survivor training period. Like screw Ramen Sandra. That's the true survivor boot. Right. Camp. Exactly. And it kind of fits with the giant heads. It's like Easter Island. So I think. Mm, oh, that's smart. It, Double entendre. That all makes sense. Um, okay. B. I misread it and thought it said Island of the Idiots. LMBO. <laughs> LMBO. Dan Lembo? Is that his signature? Yeah, especially if going with LOL. LMBO. Um, <laughs> C. Rob and Sandra are mentors. You should call it season 39, the year of the hand holding. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, or okay. D. Idols. Yep. Wow, such a hip. I guess they, they almost said yeet. Yeah, no, 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 not yeet. Just yep. <laughs> well, listen, we're very close. The second episode, I don't know if you call, know this, Liana. The second episode of this season is called YOLO. Let's play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeet, Julin, my ops. <laughs> don't want to catch no smoke. <laughs> Be- better jewel them competitors. <laughs> it's just, you're, oh my gosh, Mike, you are obviously a father now. Misusing the current slang is very oh, I just appropriate. Can't wait. Episode four, dab on them votes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dab on them votes. Ugh. Or uh, ep- episode six, we stand a vote nullifying queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> I love this connection. Okay, so we have, uh, rem- remind me of A again? The Easter egg hunt. Uh, Easter egg hunt. Uh, B is Dan Lembo. Mm-hmm. C is Island of Handholding. Mm-hmm. D is Yip. <laughs> yip, yip, Y-I-P, yip. Yip. Oh, yep. Like, a, like we're, I don't know, bringing some sort of dog around yeah. the Westminster dog show. Um, I'm going to say Island of Handholding was, was the one that you wrote. Uh, I actually wrote D. Idols, yep. You wrote yep? <laughs> <laughs> I had a very, very long day yesterday. Um, and for some reason, that was the most complicated thing my brain could come up with at the time. <laughs> Three letters. Yep. Um, yes, no, the rest, uh, the rest were real, which, uh, this actually reminded me of a comment from, uh, Heroes Healers Hustlers, where somebody said, uh, as a casual that said, lol, where my cursor was, I thought it read the herpes healers and hustlers. <laughs> so at least Island of the Idiots is, you know, less STIs, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Dan Lembo, get your reading glasses on, though. I'm assuming they're alligator skin. OMG, LMBO, that's so funny. <laughs> Dab on them, Mike. <laughs> it's awful um okay question number two this is all about rob and sandra okay a rob and sandra must be major stockholders or have something on the producers since they keep coming back b they should have made the rob and sandra head statues bigger not big enough wow (laughs) c so glad to see no returning contestants or past winners thank you is that sarcastic? Oh, I can't tell. I don't tell. know. I couldn't tell either. There were no emojis, <laughs> like face palm emojis or anything like that. Um, D, love both Boston Rob and Sandra. So excited to see them both again. My number one show that has rules. 
Be quiet while it's on or I'll cut your tongue out and feed it to the dog. Lol. Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even lol, lol at the end or I lie? Yeah, well, the first letter is definitely a lol. So, uh, or an L. So L-O-I-R-L. Uh, <laughs> lol. <laughs> wow. My God, I didn't know Ramsey Bolton was such a Survivor fan. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, Jon Snow got to go out as a loved one this season. So, yeah, Ramsey Bolton's real jealous. <laughs> Wow, that when that is so intense. I love Survivor so much that I will mutilate people who do who talk during. Oh my it. gosh! And what I loved about that comment too is that it was so wholesome to begin with. I love both Boston Rob and Sandra. I'm so excited to see them again. And then ends with cutting out your tongue and feeding it to the dog. <laughs> Lol. So I don't think I don't think the person who has the mental capacity to come up with yip would write that one out. Uh, so I'm going to eliminate that one. Uh, we have something over the producers. We have uh, the non-sarcastic statement is C. What was B again? Uh, the sta- the head statues making them bigger. Oh, not big yeah. enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you wrote B. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I am very obsessed with the head statues. Um, They're so weird to look at in such a fun yes. way in person. They are so big. Oh, it's so cool. I just I really love things that are super surreal and very bizarre. Like, why does this exist? Like who was sitting in the production meeting that was like, you know what, guys, we really need giant head statues of Rob and Sandra. Like this is a necessity. I mean, it's ridiculous. I get this because they had this concept really stuck in their head of the Mount Olympus. I compared it to Jeff. I said that they're stained glass in the survivor church Mm. essentially and so they decided to deitize them by making these giant heads so good i can still cannot believe it and you know they put they have the hat on there i also have it's a fun thing and um, people pointed this out actually from the promo that they watched boston robin sandra i believe they brought the uh the merge buffs from the seasons that they won they're all black. So Rob has the Merlonio buff and Sandra has the uh, yin yang and the Balboa buffs. And that's what they're wearing instead of, you know, regular. Oh, buffs. that's so cool. That's actually a really neat little touch to it. Um, I'm definitely here for that. Um, OK, so that was just our warm up. So good job, Mike. Uh, now, here was a comment I couldn't work in, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, OK, Survivor, let's get sickening. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Is that the uh, that's the name of the finale, right? Yeah, right. Okay, fire making. Oh, oh after dab on them votes. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> moving on from that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's not. Um, uh, it's not that. It's got to be something with. Uh, oh my god! Like, oh, final four is fire. <laughs> Don't catch that. Yeah, smoke. exactly. Um, like final four is lit. lit. It's oh my god! So lit. Season's so lit. Um. All right, so let's get into the game that I'm actually a little bit more excited about. So these are comments about specific people. So what I said earlier was that the Survivor Facebook page, essentially they posted, you know, this one minute video about each person. And then the casuals were able to comment on what they thought about these people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you not a soup, but a comment that was made by a casual. And you are going to try to guess which contestant on this season of Survivor uh, the casual was talking about. Ooh, yes. I like this. So basically, we're doing this during the soup, yes. but casual this is version. Soup, a casual's version of soup. Unfortunately, for some reason, the uh, Survivor Facebook page didn't say, you know, what soup is each of these contestants. Otherwise, we'd really be out of you here. You know what? 
you have a lot of sway. I don't know if you I know you're a top commenter on the Big Brother one. We'll see if you if you throw that out on the Survivor one, I'd be intrigued to see how many people. Bite. <laughs> That's true. All right. Next time. Next time. Um, but the uh, so, so the way this is going to work is either you can just guess outright or I am a little bit more generous and I will actually give you four options of people to choose from. So I've just what tribe Thank is you the for person. making you look like the Ebenezer Scrooge of the Bean oh, Bailey. So rude. <laughs> um, but the actual sort of fun thing here is you're going to actually be competing uh not just against yourself but you're going to be competing against josh wiggler so i asked josh wiggler these questions i will not be telling you his score all right i don't want any any information that he didn't know um and so you will be competing against him to see who knows the cast better Oh, Lord. I feel like I might as well hang up my buff right now. <laughs> this is very interesting. So, um, first of all, shout out, Josh. Thank you so much for helping me out with this. Super excited to put Mike on the spot here. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and dig in. So it'll be two points if you guess outright. Uh, one point if you ask for the multiple choice. Okay. All right. First comment. He won't last. I give him three tribal councils and he'll be out. Meatheads never last long. Ooh. See, I would say that applied to only a few people, but there are so many strong guys on this season that it really is a wider net than before. So I'll I'll keep it safe. Give me the multiple okay. choice. Was this comment about Dean, Aaron, Tommy, or Jamal? It's gotta be between Dean and Aaron for me. And I just feel like because Aaron's, you know, career is affiliated with Jim's, they would he'd be the most likely to be called a meathead. I feel like Dean doesn't necessarily scream meathead to me. So I'm going to go with Aaron. That is correct. It was about Aaron. Um, and yeah, the most of the comments were all about that. So somebody said, I wonder if your, you are muscles will be able to put a puzzle together. I guess time will tell. Um, so they were all about that, that he was like this buff gym owner guy. <laughs> It's so interesting again, because like, he's not the biggest guy physically mm-hmm. out there. You know, Tom and Dan are just huge hulking people i guess you know aaron's pretty built but i feel like he's more about you know leading the gym than you know participating in the gym at this right point. exactly um but i think you know probably it's only a minute snapshot that they get of these people and so you know part of it is if you choose you know these specific words to describe yourself um then that that has a tendency to to just catch the casuals right. yeah i forgot i forgot i think aaron like choose like shows like a physically adept word to describe himself as right well. exactly um okay our next comment I feel like he may be one of the first, one of the very first, if not the first boot. Okay, I'm going to keep it safe again until I get a better sense of these casuals. Give me the multiple okay. choice. Tom, Jason, Dan, or Vince? I mean, unfortunately, Vince is the one that really reverberates in my head, but I could see a Jason as well, or they could be ageist and go with Tom or Dan. Really not a bad choice here. Um, I'm just going to go with my gut and say Vince. Okay, that was a good guess, but no, that was about Dan. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so he was one of the ones that people thought he was going to be the villain of the season. Someone else thought he looked like the guy from Bar Rescue. Um, <laughs> they, also, they also called him Dan Gehelsing, which I think is supposed to be a Dan Geesling reference, but I'm not sure. And they think he'll come in second like place. like Van Helsing? I don't know. It's like a Van Helsing, Dan Geesling mashup. <laughs> some weird uh, uh, some weird combination I'm not sure of. Um, but yeah, so they were not particularly high on Dan. Um, the casuals, that is. Dan, Dan Gehelsing. Dan Gehelsing. 
Gonna hunt he, those vampires. Uh, what soup was he? What was Dan again? Uh, he was the uh, chili. Dan the chili. Chili. Dan is chiliest soup spillo, or however you pronounce his last name. But don't spillo <laughs> your chili. <laughs> yeah, that's a party foul. Party foul. YOLO. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't just know. Uh, all right. Uh, comment number three. In a couple of years time, the young contestants can actually say, I've been waiting to play since I was a foetus. Oh, <laughs> I guess it was my fetus, but uh, misspelled. <laughs> so I guess this is referring to one of the younger contestants. Mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to just say Jack. I'm going to shoot from the hip. Again, another good guess. This was Chelsea. Uh, I guess she looks young. I believe she's 26, which is makes her one of the younger contestants, but I guess I was looking at the literal numbers. Yeah, um, people seem to be pretty high. The casuals were um, on Chelsea. Someone uh, had a marriage proposal, uh, marry me. Uh, but then, lol, I'm joking. But they could be saying, marry me, Island of Idols. I'm joking. I yeah, <laughs> yeah, marry me on Island of the Idols. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but in general, she seemed to have a pretty positive reception when uh, when it came to the casuals. Yeah. Yeah, I think people really enjoy her. I mean, I am so happy for her. This is something that she has wanted for such a long time and she is such like a diehard fan of the show and she has some really interesting ideas as i mentioned before she was able to uh beat chris underwood to the punch i guess verbally by you know doing that whole throw myself into the fire making challenge thing and she also does seem like somebody who's able to you know get along with others really well she did mention that like her size has made her underestimated in her life so i do wonder in a very jacked Mm -hmm. cast again depending on these challenges if she might end up as someone who's like well we got to keep the tribe strong and she's just not up to the size of some of these other players. But I, I have high hopes for Chelsea. She's already been shown on the commercials, so I know that they're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, with her. exactly. So I think uh, I think it bodes at least semi well for her. <laughs> um, and she seems like a real character. So I think that'll be good. Uh, all right. Next comment. I hope she catches fish. I would like to see that something other than Outback Steakhouse picnics. <laughs> Wait, catching Outback Steakhouse picnic? I guess you can catch an Outback Steakhouse picnic, which picnic is spelled wrong, but that's fine. (laughs) All right. I'm between two, but give me the multiple choice. Janet, Elizabeth, Elaine, or Molly? Damn it! You gave the two that Uh, I was between. (laughs) Uh, I'm really between Janet and Elaine, because Janet is the more aquatically adept, but Elaine is the one who has been adamant about fishing. And saying like, and she loves Rupert. She really resonates with him. But I'm going to go with Janet. Ooh, I should have gone with your first gut. It was Elaine. Uh, Elaine eludes us uh, once again. Uh, so close. <laughs> Always should guess Elaine. Um, yeah, people uh, people seemed uh, positive uh, on her, although there was some general comments about, is it a requirement now to have a Kentucky contestant? Which they put Kentucky in, in quotes. So I don't really know like what exactly, no. you know, this supposed state of Kentucky, <laughs> if there is isn't one. I mean, sure, he's still out. Uh, OK, you know, Kentucky. Um, so that was uh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, people people seem to like her. Um, they also there was one funny comment about her that said, make a skirt like Rupert, too. And you're again in quotes, training will be complete. <laughs> So I don't know if you because she talked about Rupert, right? So I assume that's yeah, she she said she she really Rupert really resonates with her and that he like is a very like he has a gruff exterior, but is a very soft hearted person. She believes he's the same way. So now I imagine like Rupert like force ghosting his way to be like Elaine. 
Catch the fish, Elaine. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> so much for my dreams. Um, or else he'd, no, he'd, he'd totally Rupert tweet his force quote to be like, playing Survivor is tough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I love it. So the root bot is still tweeting um, over the summer. He keeps tweeting and, about getting locked yeah, out. <laughs> it's really, really great. Um, okay. Uh, also, we we need to re- just resonate on the fact that we did see Rupert on reality TV this season, and it was so glorious to the point where my wife is still ordering our dog around by yelling "pie pie" at her, <laughs> yes, jokingly. Bye bye, bye bye. Oh, the amazing race! All right, uh, oh, I love you and I hate you. What's it is? It's like the, it was a spirit animal, the elephant yeah, or something like, like that. Oh, come on, yeah. baby, it can't end like this. <laughs> Okay. Oh, we're just going to move on from that. All right. Comment number five. He's getting burnt AF. Uh, that's yeah, Tommy. That's Tommy. <laughs> I was like, uh, who else? Is I, like- it, could, it could refer to like, oh, he'll get burnt by somebody. But I feel like it's a literal reference to the fact that he's not doing well in their son. At the, at oh, yeah. Moment. Like the majority of the comments were things along the lines of, I hope the producers are going to provide him with a five gallon drum of sunscreen. The ginger boy is going to burst into flames. Um, those types of things. Uh, someone else, though, apparently was uh, is the parent of his of one of his students so he's my son's teacher this Uh year he's the best he dressed like buddy the elf on spirit day yeah i hope he can do that with like making you know how tyson made like that uh that weird tribal outfit one time in Mm. token chains maybe tommy can do that as buddy the elf right the like loincloth thing yeah plus i think it makes sense because buddy the elf i don't think like soup all that much unless it was like a bowl of maple syrup so yeah exactly soup is not part of the the four major food groups so maybe he is like a living buddy the elf okay that makes sense um maybe uh tommy can then get together with elaine that shake and bake (laughs) uh, alliance that's true yeah all the will ferrell characters will come together or maybe tommy's love will be santa ah yes in which case like everyone's gonna bring him for the rewards like they want to see I mean, who doesn't but i'm plus you know buzz lightyear santa you know i don't know yeah I preference I don't know. Too. there are a couple of jews on this cast who might not be too keen on seeing santa <laughs> do they hate soup as much <laughs> that's the real question mm. yeah if santa comes in bringing soup maybe that'll help calm the waters <laughs> yeah perhaps they'll be like ah soup all I in my sag of soup <laughs> ho 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 <laughs> uh mistletoe soup for kids um okay uh comment number six to me could be wrong because this clip is very small, but looks more childish than swag. Looks more childish than swag. Okay, I'm very intrigued by this. Give me okay. the multiple choice. Dean, Jack, Jason, or Chelsea? I'm going to go with Dean because he does have a very youthful look about him. And so I could see, especially the way he like composes himself that people would say oh no that's more little kid than swag yes that is correct um and this was actually probably the nicest comment i could find um about dean so sorry dean um some of the other fun ones were class clown already bored with him uh i thought this was an advertisement for bachelor in paradise lol or ioi um and introducing this season's token (laughs) d-bag whoa (laughs) i didn't didn't realize that there were, I guess Bradley is now Dean's the second coming of Bradley. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a comparison I wouldn't necessarily see. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of speaking of which, I mean I hope that now we see it's gonna be totally history repeating itself. Dean betrays Tommy, and then all of Tommy's students go after oh, Dean. Yes, history repeats itself. <laughs> I would be here for that. Um all right, so let's keep going. Uh, co- uh comment number seven. 
How many personal injury lawyers are there on this season? Is that a multiple choice? Oh, no. It's a multiple choice. Two. There's two. I mean, yeah. Uh, Oh, it's tough. Uh, So I I mean, like, I I don't want to give multiple choice because I know that it's between Mm -hmm. two. So I guess I just have to flip a coin here. I'm going to say Karishma because you haven't mentioned her much in the choices. Uh, No, that was Jason. But I mean, you know, you had a 50 50 shot. So, um, but they seem to, the casuals seem to like Karishma more than they liked Jason, it seemed. Um, People thought that Jason, uh, they gave villain vibes. um, Hope he goes out early. Um, There was also one comment that is, I think, supposed to be a joke, but there was no punchline to it. So, you know what 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of a lake is? A good start. Oh, okay. I never heard that joke before. Yeah, it, there's some sort of like uh, that's morbid. Yeah, there's some sort of iteration of it for whatever career or soup you might be oh, against. Oh, I see. You know what? Ten thousand bowls of soup are like at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's gonna be the new joke. Um, and then someone else. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that'll be my that'll be my new icebreaker if I do future uh, interviews. Is I just tell a a, re- a weird joke and they have to try to understand. Yes. <laughs> what can we glean from their interpretation of Mike's bizarre jokes? Um, one other person uh, said, "Who cares if he sells insurance? What difference does it make?" <laughs> it's like okay, um, but yes, that was uh, that was Jason. Mm, yeah, and it is again. Like I said this on the preview, it is so interesting how even two people with the exact same career have completely different paths, and it just shows again how. Each person has a different story as to where they got where they are now and where they want uh, to go. Two very different onions, both onions, but, you know, tastes are very different. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Next comment. I drew her name in my son's office pool. Okay. So to her, well, give me okay. multiple choice. Uh, Karishma, Nora, Elaine, or Kelly? I'm going to say it's Nora or Kelly because they haven't been mentioned yet. I'm going to go with Nora. Ooh, that was close. It was Kelly. Mm, darn it. These fit, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not doing well with these coin flips, Leela. You know what? That's okay. Um, I, I had to deal with the soup. You can deal with this. <laughs> yeah, I can deal with the coins right. instead. Um, so for, for Kelly... Um, uh, mixed results. Honestly, some of these posts had maybe 35 comments max. Um, although one thing that was a pretty funny comment that I laughed at was, well, does she have a PhD in math? Science? Can she read Latin? Several of my family members can or do, shaking my head. Um, so that seems like a comment from like R. I am very smart on Reddit, um, and that made me laugh. Yeah, listen, I don't want to shame this casual person, but who who gives a ding-dong crap? <laughs> If your family member can read Latin. I didn't realize that that was a skill that uh, demonstrated intelligence or something, apparently. Or or like necessitated like a master's degree, apparently. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Do you have an advanced degree? Believe me, I know plenty of PhDs who are idiots, myself included. So like, that does not indicate intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're going to have secret conversations with people out on the island in Latin, that's not really a skill that can be utilized <laughs> yeah. here. Okay, well, uh, maybe this person in Stephen Fishback, I feel like he could probably read Latin, right? They can get along. Um, all right, let's get to our last comment. This one is my favorite. <clears throat> The leader of the large nipple people. Whoa, boy. Ooh, okay. Uh, see, I would say Jason, but he's already been picked. I know that Bryce talked about his areolas very much so in the It's a Look podcast. Give, give me the choices. Uh, Ronnie, Jason, Jamal, or Aaron? 
Ooh, I'm gonna go with Ronnie. Oh, it was Jamal. Whoa! Yeah. I guess I was thinking about like the cast member. I, the picture I really think of with Ronnie is him shirtless doing the arms cross. So I, I didn't. I don't pay attention to nipple size. Uh, ironically enough, or maybe unsuspectingly enough, so that surprised yeah, me. Yeah, so I will say for a majority of these, you know, comments, it was like, oh, okay, this is definitely going to be about the younger contestants, so I'll just pull the younger contestants. This one was like, oh, I gotta look through the cast photos and compare nipple size of all of the people. It was like, no, no, Toms are smaller. Move on. Next person. Yeah, I just imagine you holding <laughs> up a coin to each one, like a dime or nickel, nickel or quarter. Yeah, exactly. I never thought that I would be measuring nipple size of the contestants on Survivor. Um, well, Mike, I have to tell you, you got four points. Uh, Josh got seven. Oh, so I'm sorry to share with you. Now he guessed on most of them. The only one that he took the multiple choice uh, one was the I drew her name in my son's office pool, which he then somehow guessed correctly. Um, wow. But I will say for a lot of the ones you guys actually had similar answers. So he also the first one, Aaron, you guys guessed correctly. Um, the second one, you guys guessed correctly. Third one, you guys guessed correctly. So very much you guys were in lockstep. Um, I think for actually a majority of these, I think he just guessed outright and that that's the reason for the point difference. But uh, so what you're saying is we would crush the newlywed game. You would game. crush the newlywed game. I'm sure if I ask you what type of soup are you, <laughs> and then ask Josh the same, you guys would definitely come up with the same answer. Yeah, it'd just be a big monologue. I hate soup. <laughs> Why'd you even ask me this question, Chuck Woolery? Screw soup. Soup is the worst. <laughs> I drink my coffee lukewarm. Yes, exactly. Um, so I. Well, hope- well, I guess congratulations, Josh. <laughs> so- yeah, in absentia. Well, hopefully, unlike Soup, you did not find this podcast the worst as we move into our final segment, something that we are going to stick to this season on the BNB. Our question of the week, if this is your first time listening, basically what we do is we petition the audience. Uh, we ask you a question and then you respond to us with your own personalized answer to the question and we are going to read those answers next week. You can Tweet that to us using hashtag R-H-A-P-B-N-B, the letter B, the letter N, the letter B. You can email it to us, R-H-A-P-B-N-B at gmail.com. Loads of ways to get back to us. Uh, The question of the week for this first episode, in honor of those big heads, give a Survivor contestant from seasons past and a lesson that you think they would teach on Island of the Idols slash LOL. And it can be completely serious. It could be very humorous. It's probably going to be very humorous most of the time, but any contestant from Survivor Seasons Pass and what lesson you think they would try to impart on future players. We're trying to essentially build the roster for future Islands of the Idols to festoon an island with just a bunch of different heads by the end of, you know, 2025. I'm excited for the uh, Brett from Samoa head where it's like how to be hidden, how to never be seen by the yeah. cameras. Yeah, and that, that head's going to be tr- covered by a bunch yes. of trees, just a horrible location, <laughs> but I guess it makes sense. Liana, this was so much fun. I know we checked in a few times over the course of the summer talking about Big Brother, but I, I love getting back to a survivor. We had the pleasure of getting to meet in person last week. So now that you are corporeal in my mind, it just makes me love doing this podcast even more. I didn't even know that was possible. That's right. We're real people. We've now actually met each other. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy that Survivor is back. Um, I think this is going to be, like we talked about, a really fun season with a crazy cast. So um, I have high hopes. We'll see what the Island of Idols has in store for us. The lols, if you will. We'll see if we ever get Tommy's opinion on soup shown on the show, which is now apparently all I want to see um but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to to everything that the season has to offer 
And we will see who eventually will dab on them votes. It's only a matter of lit. Oh, boy. Well, next week, we will be breaking down a 90-minute supersized premiere with the first lady of podcasting herself, Nicole Cesternino, who just released her breakdown of the cast with Rob on the RHAP main feed. I encourage everybody to check that out. And as I mentioned before, I have I was, you know, on set for the first the events of the first episode. So I'm very intrigued to see not only what gets shown, uh, including the lack of marooning and the chaos that falls out from that. But first challenge, the first tribal council. And I'm sure I'll have some insights into that as well. I, I cannot wait to see not only how this season begins, but how you guys react to it as well. Again, if you want to suggest games to us, we are always open to suggestions. R-H-A-P-B-N-B at gmail.com. And we really appreciate you guys in advance. You guys are some of the best podcast fans out there for sending us so much silly stuff every week. And we are ready to get silly week in and week out. Liana, if people want to catch up with all the non-survivor stuff that you're doing, how can people follow you on social yeah, media? Yeah, so you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. Um, uh, okay, so wrapping up Big Brother, obviously, um, is a thing that is happening. Um, and I actually have a very exciting announcement to make. <laughs> um, so there is going to be a new podcast coming to Reality TV Rehab Ups. And Ooh. it is going to be all about the masked singer <laughs> yes! yes oh i know it's survivor's competitor in terms of time slot but i'm very very excited actually this will probably show when we recorded this but uh there's a little preview episode that came out that that you know talks about last season and introduces this colorful cast of characters and my son was transfixed by all the weird goofy things going on so congratulations fox you have suckered a young fan into watching the mass singer and hopefully to listening to your podcast. Yeah, Anna. exactly. It was like, Oh, first guest. Got it. Lil baby bloom. <laughs> um, I I'm, I'm super, super excited. So this all sort of like happened at least in my world last minute. So, um, Puya Zan Vakili, uh, guest on the BNB is actually going to be hosting. Um, so he got the call to do it and then brought me on board because I talk about pretty much nothing but the mass singer, uh, if it's not survivor or big brother. So uh, we're coming, uh, we're going to come together. We're going, to talk about that preview that Mike was referring to, as well as just some very brief thoughts on what we think that the season uh, is going to hold for us. Uh, hopefully that should be coming up this weekend. We're going to record it at some point soon. Uh, but then, yeah, we're going to be doing weekly coverage of The Masked Singer, which is so crazy now that I say it out loud. I am very much here for thingamajig, egg, potentially the tree. egg the tree i don't I, I don't really understand the nomenclature so far um but yeah so i think that's going to be a super like silly just relaxing ridiculous podcast so um if you are watching the mass singer uh you know potentially recorded uh, after survivor like i may be um then definitely check that out and that'll be coming to the rehab ups feed soon that is so exciting the mass singer is basically like the b&b in a reality show yeah right of just like really outrageous things very stupid things being said but in general a lot of fun and i thingamajig is definitely up there in terms of weirdness but i think in terms of creepiness tree might have inched it oh, out see and this is the type of weirdness that we get to talk about the fact that we have first of all a character named tree that looks like some sort of metal charlie brown tree thing mixed with the stanford mascot right like it's just a complete disaster very much here for it um so, yeah, so definitely look out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and that's the thing that's happening. <laughs> 
Awesome. You can follow me at a Mike Bloom type. As I mentioned, parade.com slash tag slash survivor. I am putting out my last few interviews with the Lyro tribe, which was all a lot of fun. And the day of the premiere, not only am I going to have my cast preview with Matt Van Wagner and Jeff Probst, but I'm also going to do a post episode breakdown with Jeff Probst. Him and I sat down after the tribal council I attended and talked through the events of the first episodes. So if you want to get a live, in the moment, on set breakdown as to the events of the first three days of Survivor Island of the Idols. Be sure to check that out as well as Exit Press for this season. I'm also doing Exit Press for Big Brother. As I mentioned, Josh Wiggler and I are going weekly down the hatch as we cover Lost Week in and Week Out, which has just been an enormous amount of fun. And I also have been, you know, uh, clean, uh, sharpening my teeth. That's not even a phrase, uh, <laughs> unless the kids are saying it, on the on International Survivor. Uh, Shannon Gates and I wrapped up Survivor South Africa, but we've been doing some deep dives for that. And her and Josh and I just recapped the end of Australian Survivor, which was a really fun season. This summer just really prepped us for Survivor US to come back. And I'm so, so glad it's back, especially this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, send us your answers to the question of the week and game ideas as well. We are open for anything and everything this season. We're going to be back next week with Nicole Cesarino to break down the 90-minute premiere. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for all his work behind the scenes and Will from America for the use of our theme song. Thank you all for listening again. Liana cannot wait for this season. We'll check you out at your next stay. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. You can't say